This is an ABC podcast. A school day is actually filled with lots of lining up, marking roles, break times. The actual amount of core teaching time that needs to happen in a homeschool environment for primary school age kids would really only be one to two hours. So the best tip that I've come up with and we've been using at home while the kids have been homeschooling is pack the lunches every day uh, with morning tea and afternoon tea as well. Just saves um, having the whole, I'm hungry, <laughs> what can I have to eat? Um, continuing through the day, they, they go to their lunch boxes and they grab something to eat and it's been a godsend. It's really been working well. He's, according to his teachers, a very good student at school, uh, very engaged and conscientious, but at home he doesn't like learning with his parents, uh, so we find that he tends to get upset. Uh, even if we try to teach him things uh, in subjects that we know he really enjoys. So what we do is if he starts getting upset, we push pause and we try and find something else to do that is a bit educational. So he might play a bit of Scrabble or Monopoly, which he really likes. Um, and then once things have kind of calmed a bit, then we start the lesson again, but we take a different approach. Ah, homeschooling, or more accurately, home learning, or should we really call it crisis learning? I bet this was never part of your parenting plan. And I bet right now you're thinking teachers deserve a heck of a lot more respect and a pay rise. So, have you taken on homeschooling with confidence and a sense of excitement? Or is it just one more thing that's making coronavirus so hard to manage at your house? Hello, I'm Maggie Dent, and in this episode of Parental as Anything, I'll give you some useful tips and strategies to help your kids as they learn from home. One thing I've been hearing from parents is that really worry that their kids are going to fall behind because they're not going to school. I have some really good news for you all. Everyone in the whole wide world is in the same boat and it's actually going to be okay because there are really simple things you can do that'll mean keeping up with your kids' schoolwork will be easier than you think. No, I promise, really. So let's start with the high school students. As one of Australia's top study skills specialists, Dr. Prue Salter knows a thing or two about teenagers and study. Prue, let's start with the practical. How do you turn your home into a high school? That's a big challenge, isn't it, Maggie? I, I think the first thing we have to do is to recognise that there's a lot of families out there that are having to work and learn at home in like super challenging conditions right now. So I know of families that are in a, a small two-bedroom unit with six adults there. Students might be sharing a room or trying to learn with younger siblings who are just desperate for their attention. And there mightn't be a lot of spare money right now to spend on upgrading. So given this, the best space is going to be the one where students can learn most effectively with the challenges they've got in their space. So I think the first thing they need to do is to cast a fresh eye over the spaces in the house. Is there maybe an unused corner that can be adapted with a fold-up desk? Or could a senior student maybe take over the garage as their learning space? 
I think for a lot of families, it's going to be more constructive to have everyone working together in a family space like the dining room. And then individual family members break out into other spaces like bedrooms when they need to do things that's going to disrupt everyone else, like the Zoom lessons or the phone calls or the Skype calls. But as you can imagine, having had a number of sons yourself there, Maggie, I think uh, a lot of the older kids are going to say, no, 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 I don't want to be here with all the lilies. I want to be in my own room. And I think most students in the senior years, particularly the, the higher end, are going to be fine doing that. The thing is, if you know your child's going to be completely distracted and not focus in their bedroom, then the answer's got to be a definite no, you're at the dining table with everyone else. And you might want to give your child a trial, you know, a chance to prove that they can step up. So parents might need to explain exactly what they expect, the checks they're going to be doing and the consequences if the kids don't live up to their side of the bargain. So a few other tips just to optimise the home learning space. I'd really encourage parents to Google ergonomics so that they can make sure they work through some of the checklists for optimising body position because we don't want to be six months down the track and find students have got neck aches and back aches and headaches. There are lots of things we can do to transform that home learning space. Oh, look, one of the things that just popped into my head, Brew, as a former high school teacher myself was, um, how are year nine boys going to sit ergonomically? They seem to spray all over the place. And also, how do we keep that age group? You know, that's often, oh, that's the tricky window. And that's really where I think parents are going to recognise just how much they need to value their, uh, you know, middle school teachers, don't you think? Oh, 100%. I think a lot of people are going to come out of this going, wow, teachers are seriously underpaid. (laughs) They are underpaid big time. So now we know it's not okay to do their work for them. So let's talk about supervision and how much do they need? And let's look at middle school versus your, your senior students. What sort of thing do they do that we don't annoy the hell out of our kids? Well, I think for some parents, no matter what they do, everything annoys the hell out of the kids, don't you think? (laughs) It's a little bit like that at times. They're teenagers, right? But how much supervision is going to really depend on the age of the child, their ability, their motivation, and I think more importantly, the approach that the school takes. Because some schools are creating these incredible, it's like a virtual classroom. It's Zoom lessons, there's roll call, there's systems in place to check the work, to upload it, there's consequences if the work's not done. So in that case, there's not gonna be a lot of supervision. But there are other schools that have a completely different approach. They're emailing, they're posting the workout, students have to log on to a portal. And in that case, I think parents will need to have a lot more involvement. The problem is that for our less able students, I think they are feeling very vulnerable right now because their safety net's been yanked away from them. Like in class, they'd go the kids sitting next to them, oh, what page are we on? What are we meant to be doing? Where are we? Oh, yeah. Where do I find this? You know those kids who just, they need that little A lot of them are boys. A lot of them are boys, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think the ease of getting these quick and non-threatening prompts has been taken away. So a lot of kids are going to get stuck on the early stage of a task and not be able to progress. If this had been a planned exercise in the years of making, you know, there'd be lots of research, lots of training and lots of support. But at the moment, we've got to remember it's a baseline. Things are going to get better from here because teachers and schools have got more time then to fine tune their approach. So in terms of supervision, we're making sure that we supervise them to the extent that they need help but I, th- I don't think we go over the top. The problem is that it's going to be a bit different for the senior kids because 
with the junior kids, what you might be able to do is sit down together in the morning, log on, check the emails, you know, and it's great to make actually a, a straight little checklist that basically you have to get up at what time? Do you have to put your uniform on? Do you have to log on? So that those basic things you don't even have to think, they can follow through that checklist. Part of the checklist is we sit down together, we look at what needs to happen this day and we make a timetable for the day. When do I need to log on? When do I need to be in class? What do I have to actually do? And where do I find the resources I need? Because for students who are not naturally organised, having a plan in place will make it a lot easier. And then you as a parent can go, okay, let's go through together what can you do independently what things do you need me to help you with and what things do we need to do together and I think you've got a much better chance of your student actually taking control and self-managing if they have a plan to follow and it means the parents have also carved out blocks of time where they can do their own work we really want to give them a chance to become more self-regulated learners How important is it to stick to the curriculum? You know that high school curriculums are packed. So how realistic is this? Um, And also, can you answer sort of for the middle school and lower secondary and then the the serious pointy end of high school? In terms of the parents, I think what they have to say is as much as we can, we should support the school in their endeavours to meet the curriculum criteria. So we definitely support them, but we should not do it if it's to the detriment of your relationship with your child or to your sanity or your child's sanity. Oh, well done, Prue. That's exactly what they need to hear. But the problem that parents are going to find is that everything seems to take a lot longer in the online learning environment. So you've got students who suddenly are just not finishing the work and then some of them will get very anxious about that. So I think what we have to do as parents is we have to help students moderate their expectations and say to them, yeah, look, we're not going to get everything done. We're not going to do it all perfectly, but that's okay. So what we need to do is prioritise. And if we're not sure, we check in with the school. What really has to be done? What is most important? And that's the areas that we focus on. And then be realistic and say, look, you may not get all of it done and that is okay. One thing that I'd love to see those middle school students doing right now, we know that eventually a lot of the senior exams down the track are going to go to typing and yet so few students can touch type. So I would love it if every year seven to 10 student who can't touch type signed up for one of like those online type quick courses or something and 10 minutes a day now while they're at home and they're not they don't have a lot of other things on. Wow, that would make the world of difference for those kids. Oh, that's a brilliant practical idea. Now, our senior kids, though, I think they're doing it really tough at the moment. It's really not out of the question that year 12 exams might be cancelled, postponed or held in a completely different format. Now, schools are putting a lot of resources into supporting year 12 for the moment. So for these students, sticking to the curriculum is absolutely essential. So the four pieces of advice that I give to year 12 at the moment are number one, follow the recommendations from your teachers. They are the experts. If they tell you to do something, do it. Number two, put extra effort into your assessment tasks. Now, they should be doing that anyway, of course, we know that. But if (laughs) exams are being cancelled down the track, then assessment marks along the way are going to be very important for estimating their marks. Number three is to go hard on major works. Try and knock off what they can, particularly in these school holidays. And particularly if it ends up, some schools are already talking of extending the school holidays. So use that time as well. Number four, 
at the same time, we really can't neglect things like study notes because at the moment, we are told the exams are going ahead. So the students need to ensure they do keep their study notes up to date and don't fall behind them. And I think really what it comes down to though is that Year 12 needs to remember that everyone is in the same boat. And the big people in charge, they're going to make sure no matter what, Year 12 will not be disadvantaged. They will be looked after. How can parents make this homeschooling journey for high schoolers as stress-free as possible that will enable them to be able to learn better? Okay, well, I'd probably say there's two key things. Number one is to encourage students to really create a circle of support for themselves. So a few mates that they are going to help each other out every day. Anything they need, they can chat, Zoom, Skype together. When we're doing a lesson with a teacher, that's fine. But anytime we're not doing a direct lesson, we're all on the phone together. We're Skyping, we're Zooming while we're doing our work. I mean, normally we say, no, no, it's independent learning. <laughs> but you know what? I think we throw all that out the window. World. It's a new world. A lot of kids are feeling very intimidated asking a question in a Zoom lesson because all of the focus is on you. It's not diluted in any way. So having a couple of mates where you can say, oh, what are we meant to be doing and how do you do this and where do you find out that? I think having that, so the moment they're doing independent learning, they're on the phone with their mates and they're working together the whole day. That would be the number one tip. The second thing I think we need to do is really relax the rules on technology use. Now, I'm normally very stringent about, you know, green time versus screen time. and But you know what? I think the kids are under enough pressure now. They've got enough change to deal with. So I definitely think we need to, to relax those rules. And we need to recognise, sure, students are spending more time in front of the screen than usual. But you know what? So many things things have been stripped away. All those things that make school fun. The way that I would phrase it is by saying, look, because you can't see your friends or do your normal activities this year, you're going to be allowed to spend a lot more time on your devices. But when life goes back to normal, the limits are going to go back too. And I'm not saying it's a free for all, but we need to be a lot more, a lot more forgiving in what we allow students to do with their technology this year. I think that's enormous. And I would really encourage them all to find something that makes them feel a little bit lighter or something funny. And if it is, you know, funny cat and dog videos, look, at the end of the day, let's sit together and laugh together because I think the parents are struggling with stress as well as our teens and we're supposed to be the ones who can manage it. So, Prue, thank you so much for your wisdom and your insight and uh, stay well and stay safe. Thanks, Maggie. Lovely to chat with you. She loves insects and nature and so on. So we found a really cool bug. And instead of doing one of her maths worksheets that we've been given from school, we used the bug for maths. So we counted its legs, we tried to measure it, and we compared its size to other things. We both found that really interesting and it was fun. We had some sachets of seeds that I decided we could use for a science experiment. So he went outside, found some potting mix and some empty pots, and has planted basil and coriander seeds. Another thing I've been doing is getting the meal boxes delivered each week. So he's been getting out the recipe cards, finding the bag of ingredients, he starts chopping up the veggies, and has been going through the step-by-step -step processes to help me to cook dinner. He can still learn, but just doing things outside of the norm. And I figured that this is gaining him skills in maths, science and home economics. Something that we found is working really nicely for our five-year-old, who's a new one, is to sit down with him at the start of the day and we write down all the things that he has to do for school that day and the number of tasks that he has 
will write an equal number of fun things that he chooses and he'll pick things like playing Lego or Uno, jumping on the trampoline. Then we'll separate all his tasks into two buckets. We call them the must-dos and the want-tos and then what he'll do is alternate drawing an activity out of each bucket. We've just found that works really nicely for him in terms of getting a, a concentrated spurt of focus and energy to get the work done. If you have your hands full with little ones, I want to share my tips for homeschooling your primary age children. So here's what you need to understand before you begin this journey of homeschooling. Stressed brains do not learn well. And we're in this for a long time, so please cut your kids some serious slack and don't add more stress by stressing about the schoolwork. Set a plan. Yeah, structure the day so that you kind of know roughly what's going on. However, don't be too rigid and also don't be too slack. Somewhere in the middle. Lower yours and your child's expectations and just focus on the basics if you're finding it difficult. Reading is your absolute top priority. Make a game out of maths, sight words or whatever. Do chalk words, write on windows, anything you can do to make the learning a bit more fun. And speaking of games, remember that play is vital to learning. Seriously, this is really important. Let your kids use their imagination and have unstructured play. Ensure your kids have those breaks and times for movement. Maybe it's a dance-off. Maybe it's some yoga. Maybe it's a chasing in the backyard. They all matter. Embrace all learning. So do some craft, build some Lego, do some cooking, play some board games. Go outside, have a nature treasure hunt. Remember, nature is a fabulous classroom. And then encourage your kids to learn something absolutely fascinating that they can teach the rest of the family. By the way, the ABC's educational portal is a great, safe place to send your kids for research and inspiration. Why don't you improve their vocab with a new word each day, like vaccination or quarantine or indeterminate or... No, I'm just kidding. Maybe choose some more positive words instead. How about compassion or hilarity? Try and have some fun with it. And most importantly, if you're getting frustrated, and seriously, you will get frustrated possibly every day. Remember my parental pause technique where just before you lose it, you stop moving, you ground your feet, you bend your knees, you put your right hand on your heart and you take a deep, deep breath, maybe another two or maybe three, and then stand kind of closer to your child or maybe kneel near them. Be still and have a look what's happening through your child's eyes rather than your grown-up eyes and then affirm to yourself quietly inside my child's not bad or naughty they're just struggling to cope with their world right now this is developmentally normal let me be what they need right now a safe loving base that's it and if you still need a breather make yourself a cuppa Put on a podcast for them to listen to. Try Fierce Girls, which tells the stories of incredible Australian women. And if you've got little ones, imagine this. 
answers many of the funny questions that kids have about the world around them, like why do stars twinkle and why do leaves fall from the trees? Short and Curly is an ethics and philosophy podcast which gets your kids to ponder life's big questions. Animal Sound Safari is all about animals and your kids will learn things like how sloths only do one poo per week. Fascinating. Seriously, you can listen to all of these wonderful podcasts for free on the ABC Listen app or podcast apps like Apple and Google. Next time on Parental as Anything, have you suddenly found yourself working from home while also having to parent your children? What are you typing? I'm typing what you're typing. Are you? Are you typing a story? Are you typing a story? Yeah, I'm typing a story. My story is about working from home with kids around. No, that's not your story. What's my story about then? (laughs) (laughs) Working from home with kids. That's next time on Parental as Anything with me, Maggie Dent.